welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. My goal is to help train leaders and sales organizations how to manage and deliver results with empathy, compassion, and kindness. Let's get started. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. I am so excited to bring you today's guest, who is my friend, known as Michelle BB. She is the Chief Marketing Officer, a speaker, and an author. And as CMO, Michelle leads Skillsoft's global marketing. Her brand evangelism is building a vibrant community of passionate learners. With 25 plus years of experience, Michelle's personal mission is supporting women's advancement in business. Prior to Skillsoft, she served served as CMO of IBM Watson and the global head of marketing for The Weather Company. A prolific speaker and podcast host, she has authored countless papers, championed DEI through free leader camps, which we're going to talk about, and taught courses on the pink pandemic and public speaking. She's currently a driving force as Skillsoft becomes an industry leader in sustainability and corporate responsibility. She's also the founding member of CMO Huddles and so much more. Welcome, Michelle. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. That was a short I, I one. Think, I know, but I think that makes me sound so much better than I feel. And we should probably talk about that as well. Yeah, well, you're pretty awesome. And the things you've done are pretty amazing. So it was hard to water it down. So for our audience, would you be so kind as to give us a little bit of your background and tell us your story? You know, I I love this so much. It's very difficult, I think, to tell your story without acknowledging or identifying the drivers, the people who got you to where you are. And for me, my biggest role model, I mean, throughout my entire life has been, and I've written about this countless times and continues to be my mother, Betsy Veneziano. I wanna give a little plug for her. She was a, she was a pioneer in the field of technology when there weren't a lot of women who were in technology. She started as a programmer for NASA. And then she built a successful career as a a product marketing and product management executive for several technology companies. And then that's only chapter one. And then chapter two, she decided that she wanted to take a step back. She didn't want the pressure Mm. of the executive level role. And so she now works in tech support still to this day for a very large technology company. And I couldn't be more impressed. She just wanted to get back working with people. And and this allows her to do that that. on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, again, like your story, it really does start out with who inspires you. And and she certainly inspires me. I never thought that I would go into marketing, let alone technology marketing. And and as you, as you indicated prior to, to Skillsoft, that's just what I did. You know, I've, I've held a number of positions, several executive positions of increasing responsibility in the high tech sector, and I'm really grateful for it. And, and you know, I think that there are two that probably the most recent that are, in fact, the most pivotal for me. Number one was when I served as the global head of marketing for the weather company, which is now an IBM business. And I was just incredibly fortunate to get that job because I am passionate about and love the weather. I have this this infatuation with it. I think a lot of people do. I grew up in in Tornado Alley. And so just understanding the awesome power of weather and the impact that it can have on us as people 
but also on business and the opportunity to to be able to um, serve as the marketing leader there was just incredible. And then, you know, I was able to then um, parlay the acquisition into another role, which was the CMO of IBM Watson. And what a tremendous responsibility to be the brand shepherd and steward of, of one of perhaps the most iconic B2B brands out there, Watson. Um, and to really, I think, um, help people understand and perhaps demystify that black box that everybody thinks Watson is. So it, it's, you know, it's been a wild and, and amazing ride. And, and now I'm here at Skillsoft and I get to do some of the, the most amazing work of my life. I've been a proponent of learning. I've made it a habit throughout my career. And now I get to talk about the value. I get to help people understand how through learning, through development, through transformation, you can drive better business outcomes. And so it's just, it's all fabulous. <laughs> I, I love all of this. There's so much to say here. I mean, first of all, what an inspiration your mom is. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just, an, it's really impressive and incredible um, to, to see her still working and still so passionate mm -hmm. about what she does with such a great background. Um, but you've made this shift and I love that you call yourself a lifelong learner. And mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about why that's so important to you? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I mean, honestly, if you're not learning, you're not growing. And I, I think that's perhaps for me, one of the biggest lessons that I have learned um, during my career. And I think too, um, it goes back to one of the characteristics that I think Lindsay defines me, which is I'm curious. I'm always eager to understand how something works or figure out how to do something differently to make it better. And I think that curiosity is really a, a need or a desire to learn more, to get better, to improve. It's it's that continuous improvement that I think we all really you know, strive for, but learning has been part and parcel of what I've done. And, and you know, I hate it when I don't know how to do something. And so, um, for me, just even even going in and 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 taking some coding courses. Look, I don't know that I will ever be a developer, but I'm curious and I want to know what our customers experience. I want to know how they feel when they're learning a new programming language. And so, it's just it's opened doors for me um, and helped me expand and grow as a person. In addition, you know, to uh, serving the organization. I love that. And for those of, that aren't familiar with Skillsoft, can you just give a little des description of what the company is and what they do? Because I think it's... Yeah. It, 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 no, it's a great question. Look, uh, we have been around for more than 20 years and we're a pioneer in, in probably what you would call the online learning industry, um, digital learning. Um, and we recognized very early on that learning and development and growth should be available and accessible to all. And so today we deliver what we call transformative learning and experiences that propel organizations and people to grow together. Because when we talk about growth, I think most of us are used to thinking about corporate or financial growth, right? Or separately, as I talked about, individual or personal growth. But I think the two are inextricably linked. 
Um, and so today we serve more than 75% of the Fortune 500. We help them develop their talent, transform their workforce. And, you know, it's exciting because more than 400 million people have benefited from our solutions since we started. I know, it's, it's crazy. Um, but now in an environment when, you know, this skills gap and we hear it and we see it everywhere is so acute. Mm. And we also see that companies are evaluating their talent. It's such an uncertain and volatile, volatile time. It's imperative that leaders still see talent as one of their most critical imperatives, right? The demand for tech skills, it still outpaces the supply. And we know that that competencies in things like cloud and cybersecurity and AI and machine learning and data science are only going to increase. There are going to be 18 million new jobs that are created over the next five years, according to Burning Glass. And so companies have to be ready. And to do that, they've got to have the programs in place to not only find, recruit and, you know, uh, their talent, but then also to develop them. And that's where we come in, right? We can help companies assess what skills they currently have through benchmarks and assessments. So what skills do you have in-house? What do you need? And then what is that personalized learning journey that you're going to be able to give your employees to help them grow, not only for themselves, but also for the organization? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful place, I think, to be. Our job is to help companies build that culture of growth that benefits both them and their people. Oh, I love that. I have so many things <laughs> I want to ask you now. So um, okay. I, I was so I was so fortunate because I got to speak to the women's group at Skillsoft twice. And um, they're a, such a group of incredible people. And I know that for you, um, really empowering women and championing women has been such uh, an important piece of your career. Um, talk about maybe your connection um, to to women, and and obviously you are a woman, but why this is such a, a soapbox for you? As a woman of a certain age, I'm in my fifties. Um, it it's interesting to look back and recognize that you know, oftentimes, especially in technology, I was one of the only maybe a few but, but one of the only women sitting around an executive table and it's a very um interesting place to be when you look around and you don't see other don't women see there yeah you don't see yourself and and you know look having women in organizations and, and in leadership positions especially benefits organizations right more in employee-friendly policies, women, you know, not to generalize, but we tend to be more empathetic. There are different skills that I think women bring um, to the table and that diversity of thinking, that diversity of action is important. Mm. Um, but what's wonderful is, as I look over my career, I've been very, very fortunate to have some amazing women who have been advocates for me, even when I wasn't in the room. So they have sponsored me, they have mentored me, they have guided me, they have talked me up to others. 
And to those women, I'm incredibly grateful because again, if I was one of the only in a room, I can only imagine where they were. And so to women like Kathy and Michelle and Caroline, um, women who really sort of helped me not only find my own path, but were there to ensure that I was able to move ahead in my career. I am so grateful. And and my hope and my goal is to be able to do that for the women of Skillsoft in particular, whether it's as part of, uh, we have a, a group called FLOSS, Female Leaders of Skillsoft, or through our Women's Initiative Network, um, where we are uh, helping people like you, like you brought to us this amazing opportunity to help women understand uh, and empower them to find their personal brand, yes. which I thought was exceptional. Um, it could be around negotiations. It could be around um, women's leadership and why it's so important. Um, so I, I just, I am, I've always been so amazed by how wonderful women are in lifting each other up. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful to have been, you know, to have benefited. I agree. So looking at the curriculum that Skillsoft is focused on now, what would mm. you say is the biggest trend that you're seeing? Because I've seen a real shift in business over the last really year and a half, maybe two years. I'm interested in what companies are are buying from you and what their most sought after topics are. Oh, it's a great question. Um, so I would say that there are a couple. Um, and, and I'm going to I'm going to break it into two pieces. I think first, as I talked about before, there's a real need for technical skills in the market. And so we are the place, whether you are new to career, meaning that, you know, you are finding that first technical job um, or perhaps you are mid-career and you want to pivot and try something new, but you need those technical skills. You need to either upskill or yeah. reskill um, in order to move ahead. Um we are that provider who can give you any of those technical skills. And we do it in, in a way that I think makes it a lot easier as well as helps you retain better because it's not just about sort of videos, watching videos, but really it, it is about a multi, taking a multimodal approach where you get the hands-on learning that I think is far more effective. So technical skills, number one, equally as important, if not more, is providing those transformational leadership skills that every individual needs because every person has the ability to be a leader within the organization. And let's say you are a data scientist, but maybe you wanna manage other data scientists, you need those skills. And along with that um, comes the really important skills that I think we often neglect or we say, you know what, those, those are, they're not the hard, durable job skills. Um, they're soft skills. But I think the the skills that we call skills, communication, empathy, um, navigating through change uh, and disruption, those kinds of skills are so critical. And being able to not only have, again, those hard, durable job skills, but those power skills, and then the leadership skills, right, needed in today's ever-evolving 
changing and volatile world. It's so important that we know how to manage people, right? How do you manage in um, a remote or hybrid environment? We still have to do some of the things around performance management, but we also have to lead our people through change. And so what tools are we giving people in order to be able to do so? So we've got things like first time manager journey, right? So you are a first time manager and we want to give you the skills that you need to be the best possible leader, because guess what? People who leave organizations don't just do it for compensation. The number one reason that people leave organizations. Quit the manager. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so organizations that invest in transformational leadership, that look at giving their people access to the skills that, you know, the, the human, the power skills, whatever you want to call them, um, are those organizations that are going to be more successful because, again, you can't just rely on the hard, durable job skills. And then the third area, so tech skills, leadership, and power skills, the third area that I think is so important right now, and we're seeing um, movement and shift, is around sustainability and, and more ESG, right, which is environment, social, and governance. And so I think that as we see the regulatory environment shift and change, as we see more investors far more interested in impact investing and which, you know, what companies are doing to not only reduce their carbon footprint, um, but also up their game when it comes to social, right? So how are we not only treating our employees, but what are we doing to, to make an impact on the world? And then, you know, are we in compliance? Are we putting in place those governance tools that ensure that we are ethical leaders and uh, companies that, you know, are, are complying with um, what is a, a vastly changing regulatory environment? And so what I think is so important about that is evolving and so being able to pull together some of the journeys that help companies understand what they need to do in order to build their own ESG program well we're on the same path because as a company it, it's critical to us and so for me it's been exciting to lead our ESG initiative here um, again, it's it's an opportunity, I think, to learn and to grow, but also to really do something, I think, very good for the company. Hmm. I love that. So one of the topics you mentioned was leadership, and you know that is near and dear to my heart and something that I teach as well. But I mm. just would love you to share some of maybe the best leadership lessons you've learned along the way. And if you care to, share oh. some bad ones too. Y yes. So um, I'm glad that I'm, I'm really glad that you asked. Um, I want to start with what I think is perhaps one of the, I don't want to say regret, because I don't think you can really regret anything in your life. But I, I want to look back on something that I, I wish I didn't necessarily do early in my career, um, or, or I had better tools. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier when I referenced our first time manager program. I wish I hadn't taken on 
management as early in my career as I did. I was not prepared in my uh, late 20s um, to become a really good first line manager. And it was just because we weren't preparing people to do that job. We weren't investing in those managers to help ensure that they had the skills they needed. You know, if, if talent is our most important asset within an organization and the experience that people have with their managers truly shapes their careers, right? And ultimately contributes to their satisfaction, then then we need to do a better job of preparing people to be to to build and and I think manage and then lead teams. And that's something that I don't think I did as well. Again, you know, I learned mm. by doing. And uh, if I could go back, um, I'd, I'd probably do some things differently. Um, but when I talk to leaders now, or when I talk about leadership now, I think that I think it's okay to give ourselves permission to learn, to grow and to develop. And so I'm always grateful to my team when they give me grace, when I don't do something right. And I think that that is a gift because, you know, just because I've been doing this a long time and just because I'm a leader doesn't mean that I don't get things wrong. And so recognizing that I have a responsibility to, again, continue my own growth, to continue my own learning and development, and to make sure that others on my team have the ability to do so, I think is, is, paramount. Look, we we talked about it earlier, Lindsay. I have dedicated myself to promoting and championing women within my organization and also outside of it. And I think that regardless of um, where you sit in an organization, um, whether you are new to career, whether you are mid-level manager, you've been a leader for a long time, Every single individual has an opportunity to help elevate and raise the bar for someone. And so um, when we have an opportunity to do that, I think we have to. And, and that could be something as simple as recognizing or acknowledging oh. someone who's done something amazing, I right? It doesn't have to be something big. It can just be an acknowledgement to someone's boss. Hey, this person, uh, Beth over here was such a fantastic partner on this project. And I just wanted you to know. I love that. That kind of, right? That kind of gratitude goes such a long way. It really does. And it has such profound impact, both Mm. to the person receiving the information and, and the boss looks at their person perhaps a little differently, or they say, you're not telling me anything I didn't already know, but thank you for recognizing it. You know, and that, I think lifting people up is just so, so important. Leveraging recognition is so important. Yes. I just, I love that. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role that culture has played in, you know, all of your your roles? I mean, we both worked for IBM and I think they had really good culture, um, but share your experience. I think culture, it is all about people, right? I mean, it is all about the people you bring into the organization and the way in which you communicate and convey what it is we're here to do. Mm-hmm. But it can't just be a talking at. Culture is built when you are communicating with. 
And that means that we have to take a hard look at how people feel in the organization, what they like about it, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, what they don't. How are we going to continuously improve the organization and the things that we do and the ways in which we communicate so that everyone understands what his or her role is, Mm -hmm. what their growth and career advancement opportunities are, what the goals of the organization are and how they contribute to that. And when we do that and people can see themselves in the organization, not only contributing, but, but there's a path, it is more likely, especially now when we are not face-to-face in an office space for the most part, um, that we can build culture. Because I will tell you that there's something really interesting about this space that we've been in the past three years And it is that um, social distancing is causing or has caused emotional distancing. And people aren't nearly as connected to the organizations with which they work as as perhaps they were before because we're not having those sidebar personal conversations. We shut our laptop. We're done for the day. Um, And we also make less room for fun. Oh, yeah. That fun is such an important ingredient to culture, I think. So it's oh, it's yeah. harder to have fun remotely, but you, as leaders, you got to figure it out. Well, and there are, there are only so many trivia contests and, mm. you know, getting to know you questions that you can ask and we do, you know, you, you, you try, yeah. but I think again, culture is about making sure that people know where they fit in the organization, right. that they have opportunity for growth, that you are giving them important and interesting things to work on um, and helping them not only succeed in the role they're in, but also succeed on behalf of the company. Love it. Um, Okay. So can you talk a little bit about the leader camps and what they are? Yeah. So when, you know, when the pandemic hit back in 2020, um, in the summer of 2020, uh, I think we all um, were reckoning with a social justice movement that was very different than anything that that I had experienced. And people in organizations were asking questions about DEI in a way um, that really indicated that that the programs that we had in place weren't weren't equipped to answer the kinds of questions that employees had. There was a deeper conversation that needed to be had. And so um, we knew that we wanted to refresh our diversity, equity, and inclusion content. Um, But we also knew that, you know, in the summer of 2020, there was an immediate need. And so we said, we're going to pull together what is a leader camp. It is an opportunity for people to come together with an expert, um, a woman named Luana Harris, who is a a renowned coach, um, DE&I advocate um, and leader, and host a leader camp where she talked about um, not just paying lip service to diversity and what we needed to do differently and how organizations needed to be thinking about DE&I going forward. And, And it really became a dialogue Lindsay, that then propelled us 
to um, use this as a vehicle for an engaging interaction and conversation with people. And that was the first. And since then, we've hosted many of them. We've had some really, um, uh, I would say, fun and um, amazing women like Jazz Empafar and um, Dory Clark, oh, who've wow. been, yeah, who've um, been part of our leader camps. And I think, you know, as we go forward, it's, it's, it gives people the ability to have, to really make that connection with someone who is an expert, to be able to ask the kinds of questions that perhaps you wouldn't feel comfortable asking otherwise. And maybe does, you know, help us bridge, I think, some of that social distancing in a way um, that unfortunately living in this two-dimensional world um, has caused. Well, I I just love that. And, and Michelle, I think so many leaders struggle with how do I take it beyond lip service? And yeah. Um, I, I always cringe when I see like the token culture post by a CEO and I'm like, yep. So he thinks he's off the hook and, you know, taking it to that next level of, I didn't know that. And I, I wish I knew that before I did these things. And I think the, the piece that you're pointing to, and you talked about it earlier is every leader is capable of evolving and every yeah. leader is capable of change and recognizing that you can do better is half the battle, but having these dialogues to discuss change in a really comfortable, open way. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, I think is really empowering to everybody in the room. That That's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, what's interesting too, that was born out of the leader camp were some really important research reports, Lindsay, that um, I think have become sort of seminal pieces that will continue to publish every single year um, that are shedding light on some topics that perhaps we weren't aware of. So for example, um, I read an article by a colleague that um, she had written about this idea of the pink pandemic. And it was really, it really sort of stuck with me. And we did a lot of research as an organization to find out that the pandemic affected women disproportionately. And so we ended up writing some research and publishing it on the pink pandemic and the statistics were really scary. And so it wasn't just about, okay, well, this is what's happened, but really how are we going to fix this? How are we going to address it? And so we came up with not only a series of programs, but then also a whole curriculum or course designed to help women who wanted to re-enter the workforce after perhaps being, um, either, uh, you know, leaving um, to go care for others or um, displaced because, you know, they were in, in an industry that just happened to be affected so acutely. Um, and that's just one example. We have a women in tech report. We also do an IT skills and salary report. And I think that's one of the, the things that is so fascinating about Skillsoft is we've got so much great insight and data into what people are learning and how they learn, as well as the science of learning. And so to be able to publish that and talk about it and to be able to use it as a platform to help others uh, has just been 
really tremendous. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. All right. So shifting gears a little bit, you yeah. have a pretty incredible podcast. Can you tell everybody about it? I certainly can. So, you know, again, when, when, you know, at the start of the pandemic, um, we were looking for ways in which we could connect with people. And that's not just our customers, but just, I think people were looking for those points of connection and they wanted inspiration as well. And so we started a podcast called The Edge and we brought forth some really amazing stories as told um, by our customers, by experts in the field. We've done some amazing stories around um, AI, uh, on women's leadership, as we talked about, on resilience. Uh, I mentioned Jazz Ampa far before. Um, I've had her on twice. Twice we've talked about um, her concept of being a resilience ninja, which I think we all need to be, yes. as well as the human revolution, which goes back to that 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 topic around the human or the power skills that we all need to be successful. Um, and I've had on some of my colleagues who are experts in their field. I just interviewed Asha Palmer about um, ethical leadership. And it is wonderful because what does it mean to be an ethical leader, to, to do the right thing and to understand or have that sort of moral compass that points north mm. and to recognize um, what the right thing is, because sometimes there's a little bit of gray. And so I think all of these are, are really insightful. They're fun. I will tell you that um, with the gentleman from Deck Leadership, there were probably more belly laughs than there were um, pieces of insight. But that's what I think makes the podcast so interesting is you can learn, you can get inspired, and you can have fun. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been a pleasure to to, to be a part of it for the past, my gosh, almost three years now. I know. That's what I was, I was looking at. It and I'm <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. And you have quite a following. There's oh, a gosh. Of listeners. I don't know about that, but I, I, oh, I, do. I think, I, I think that, you know, well, you know, one of the exciting things is that it's not just on our website, but, you know, we've got this amazing, immersive learning experience platform called Percipio. And so if you have access to Percipio, not only do you have access to the courses and the hands-on labs and boot camps and leader camps, but you also have access to books and the podcast. So wow. it really is a wonderful way, I think, um, for people to get information because not everybody, you know, we don't all learn in the same way. And so having the opportunity to watch a video, do a hands-on lab, perhaps get, um, have a, uh, take a course with an expert in a particular field and put all of that into a learning journey that helps you go from here to here. What's better than that? Oh, love it. Oh, I love it. Um, so I always ask what inspires you, but you've already answered that oh. a bunch of times throughout the conversation. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I will tell you exactly what inspires me that I did not share already. And it is my two amazing daughters, Petra and Rhea. Um, my eldest is in college, and I am in awe of all that she is learning and how she's growing and developing and becoming like this adult person. Um, and then my younger daughter, Rhea, who, you know, her path is a very different one, but 
I have never met, and, and I'm saying this subjectively and objectively, I've never met a more talented artist in my life. She she sees life differently than I think the rest of us. And for that, I am so grateful because um, she has a gift and it's a gift that I hope she continues to use because it will serve her very well as she um, gets older. So I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have these two amazing humans who um, I get to help shepherd through this world. I love how you talk about them. That's just so beautiful. Um, so I always ask this question, okay. what would you like your legacy to be? There is this exercise that I did as part of a workshop called The Stand, where you sort of had to reflect on your life looking back, perhaps at your retirement party. And what I realized when I wrote this was that I wanted to change some things about my life. I wasn't necessarily as fulfilled as I as I wanted to be. And I said, you know, on my tombstone, I really don't want it to read that she was available 24 seven or that she was a workaholic or that, right? <laughs> None of that. I wanted to read she cared. Um, she loved and she was loved. And, you know, look, I, I love what I do and I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Um, but if it all went away, I could hold my head up high and I could feel good about myself because I do care. I love, and I am loved. Mm. I love that legacy. <laughs> You're well on your way. Michelle, how do people find you? Oh, gosh. Well, you can always find me on LinkedIn, um, Michelle BB, or on some other social media channels if you're on TikTok. And I, I, I know I, I probably shouldn't admit that I am, but I do love it. So well, we're um, on TikTok together. So I know. Okay. And I, I really, okay. you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, but you can also, you know, please reach out Michelle BB at skillsoft.com. I love it. I love it. You have been such a marvelous guest. There were so many questions we didn't even. <laughs> and guys, if you want some inspiration, listen to her podcast. If you want to connect with someone who's just changing the world, Michelle is all of that. So um, thank you so much for being our guest today. And I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat for Hire. If you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a five-star review. To keep the conversation going, you can find me on Insta or at LinkedIn at Lindsay Dowd, H4H. Or you can reach me at my website, heartbeatforhire.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.